Hi, I'm Linda Eads from Forward Asset Management, and I'm joined today by Michael Townsend. Now, Mike is a portfolio manager here at Ford, uh, but he also does some of the research on the resource companies that may or may not find their way into our portfolios. Now, Mike, interestingly, has a background in uh, oil exploration. He also has a BSc in geology and maths. Uh, so, Mike, I think you're very qualified to talk on the subject that we're going to be talking about today, which is the resources sector. Mm. Let's start with an overview on how we are viewing resources at the moment. In our funds, we are quite significantly underweight if you compare our position uh, relative to, for instance, the All Share Index or the CAPI, um, which is about 30% in resources. Mm. Let's start there. Why do we have such a low position in resources at this point uh, compared to the indices? I think a good starting point is that mining has basically been the bedrock of the South African economy for the past 100 years. And any discussion on the JSC immediately moves into a discussion on what weight a, a portfolio manager might have on the resources sector. Um, now, the precious metal sector has a 10% weight on the JSC, and then the diversified miners and SASOL make up a further 20%. So it is significant, as you mentioned. As a reminder, Ford's approach is to buy better quality companies that have a sustainable earning stream, and that hopefully translates into good cash flows. Now, the resource sector is driven by commodity prices, and commodity prices can be both cyclical and are quite difficult to predict. So that just makes it then difficult to predict the earning stream of the companies and the cash flows can vary quite significantly from year to year. At the moment, we feel that there are just too many uncertainties to us for us to be meaningfully invested in the resources sector. And so we do have an underweight position. Um, we have no exposure to the platinum miners and that has served us well this year because those companies are actually down by close to 50% this year. There's been serious underperformance. And the main reason for that is the rhodium price, which interestingly only makes up 7% by weight of the, the metals that these mine, uh, PGM miners produce, but it makes up 45% of their revenue. Now, the rhodium price has dropped from $20,000 per ounce to $4,200 at the moment. And you can just imagine the devastating impact that has had on the earnings of these companies. So the industry is now into retrenchment mode and it's survival, whereas just two years ago, they were printing a lot of money and generating good cash flow. What we do hold in our portfolios are the two better quality uh, diversified miners, Anglo-American and BHP. And both of these companies give us excellent exposure to two of the largest copper mines in the world, and then also the very profitable and cash generative iron ore um, sector. I think what is also worth mentioning is that whilst we are underweight the resources sector in South Africa, we are overweight in the Ford Global Funds. Um, and internationally, there's just a, a wider suite of companies that we can choose from when investing. And you can also get great exposure to the green revolution. And we do have a number of companies exposed to this in, the, in, the, in our global funds. Um, and that almost makes up for the lack of 
resource weight that we have domestically. And Mike, it's also fair to say that obviously as a percentage of the global index, resources is much lower, isn't it? Um, So in relative terms, you know, the one might be an overweight, but the same kind of absolute exposure locally is a significant underweight. Um, Let's talk a little bit about some of the names that have made their way into our portfolios over time. Sassel is one of those. Now, you mentioned the whole green energy transition. Um, One of the things that has plagued the sector has been obviously um, calling into question the damage that these companies do to our environment. And we know that uh, Sassel's Secunda operations are frequently described as the most polluted uh, environment on earth, in fact. Uh, So there has been a lot of pressure on this business to think more about the damage that they're doing to the environment. But of course, you know, they're still producing products that the world clearly still needs. Uh, Do you think, given the pressure on these businesses to change the way they do things and to change what they're actually producing for the world, do you think that means that there is actually a future for any of these businesses in the long term. Yeah, it's an interesting question. And you're quite correct, Sassel's core Secunda plant is the single most carbon emitting um, industrial complex in the, in the world. And environmental pressure is certainly growing on them to reduce their emissions. Now, what Sassel does is they take poor quality coal, very similar coal, which is used by Eskimen in, in, in their coal-fired power plants, and they burn that and they create a range of petrochemical products, which is then, then sold um, throughout the country. Now, Sassel is aware of their environmental impact, and they have, um, they have published both a climate change report and a sustainability report in which they are looking to reduce their emissions by up to 30%. Now, how are they going to achieve that? Firstly, it's going to cost close to 20 billion rand over the next six years just to reduce their emissions, and they are addressing it in three ways. The first one is that they use a lot of electricity in their plants, and that's quite easy to move electricity to renewable sources, primarily um, solar-powered electricity, and so they can do that quite easily. The second way is by reducing their, their output, and what they have committed to doing is, is reducing um, their production volumes and in that way reducing emissions. But interestingly, the legislator has said that that is not sufficient, that not only must they reduce their emissions overall, but they must also reduce them per unit of product. So that's going to be a lot more difficult to achieve. And then the third way to do that is to convert the consumption of dirty coal to cleaner burning gas. And they have been doing that over the past decade or two. They have been exploring for gas in the central Mozambican area in what are called the Pandi and Tamani fields. And roughly 15% of their production is now from cleaner burning gas. So they have been successful in that regard, but they have to sustain that going forward. So to answer your question directly, Linda, Sassel is coming under increasing environmental pressure. And there are serious questions about the long-term sustainability of their business model. And it is something that we do have to factor into account when we weight our position in this this company. Now, Mike, following on from that, something that's been spoken quite a lot about around the table um, within our investment team is the implications of uh, Sassel redirecting their gas supply 
uh, away from a lot of the industrial users in South Africa who are actually quite dependent on that gas supply from Mozambique. Uh, if that turns out to be the case, what would the implications be for these businesses? It, it is becoming a serious issue and we are engaging with a number of managements of companies that we have investments in who are going to be affected by this. Now Sassel is, not only do they use the bulk of the gas that they produce internally, um, but they also do supply it as the biggest industrial gas um, producer into general, the, the general economy. Um, they cannot cut back on the internal gas consumption, because as I described earlier, they need it for um, reduction of emission purposes. In a major blow to the big gas consumers in the country, Sassel notified all of them earlier this year that they will be no longer supplying gas to their businesses as from 2026. And you can imagine for a business that has been built on the consumption of gas, this is a, this is a big problem. And I think let's just look at some of the businesses that might be affected by this. So firstly, a company like Ceramics Industries, which is owned by Italtal, the listed tile retailer in South Africa. All of their tiles are manufactured in a, in a, in a gas kiln, okay? So that's gonna have an immediate impact on them. A company like the Premier Group um, is one of the biggest bread bakers in the country. All of their, their gas, their ovens use gas to bake the bread on a daily basis. Sassel also has an operation in Sasselburg, and from this complex, a lot of gas is used to manufacture ammonia, which is then supplied to a company um, like Omnia and then also AECI, which use this to manufacture explosives and also fertilizers. Now, when Sassel is forced to cut back the consumption of gas in Sasselberg, it is going to have an impact on these companies as well. And then similarly, glass making, cotton board manufacturing, brick making, these are just other industries that all use gas as an essential heating element in their production processes. So what are they going to do or how are they going to resolve this problem? Well, there is a solution that has been mooted at the moment where we, um, a company has investigated putting up an LNG facility in the Maputo port. And this is, LNG stands for liquefied natural gas. Now, Sassel transports all the gas from Mozambique into South Africa on a pipeline. Liquefied natural gas is where you bring gas from further afield, you compress it, and you freeze it into a liquid form that then is easy to transport. Now, if you bring that into the Maputo Harbor, you can then regasify it and simply feed it into that gas pipeline, which then supplies um, into the existing network, which all of these companies use to get their gas supplies from Sassel. So that is one solution. But the problem is that investment decision needs to be made within the next six months for this to be ready by 2026. So it is, a, it is a real existential crisis that many industries are being faced. And if that is not given the approval shortly, they could be faced by significantly higher costs. Because the gas that is going to be used, uh, that is going to be supplied from um, this um, regasification terminal will be more than double the 68 rand per gigajoule price that they are paying for it at the moment. So it's a, it's a significant cost item, which will then inevitably be passed on to the consumers, particularly of bread, as we discussed earlier. So 
Just to finish off then, I just want to say there, there, there is some positive news and I don't know if um, people have are aware of the significant new hydrocarbon discoveries that have been made in southern Namibia by both Total and Shell. And these are really major discoveries which could be fed into South Africa, um, both gas and other hydrocarbons such as oil, etc., which could help alleviate some of the energy issues that we've been faced um, in South Africa at the moment. The only problem is that it is southern Namibia off the Orange River Basin, and it is one of the remote, most remote parts of the country. Um, so it will be difficult to get elsewhere, and it's likely to take more than a decade to be developed. So longer term, there's a little bit of um, hope on the horizon. Very interesting. Thanks, Mike, for your contribution. And thank you to everyone who's joined us today. I hope this gave you a little bit of an insight into some of the issues that we are debating, trying to sort of grapple with in terms of investing in the sector and some of the things that are obviously topical for anyone considering investments in the resources sector in general. Uh, thank you very much for your time and take care. This podcast is for information purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. The economic views presented are drawn from facts current on the date of publication. This podcast has not been reviewed by any regulatory authority, including the Monetary Authority of Singapore or the Financial Sector Conduct Authority. Ford Asset Management Companies are a licensed FSP in South Africa and a licensed fund management company in Singapore. For more information, visit Ford.com.